CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. It's like I told you on text today, I have the best opener. You're going to just set it up that way? It's just, I just have the best opener. Like all truly ingenious ideas, it's going to sound crazy to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you'll listen to this. First, you're going to be like, shut up. And then you're going to be like, shit, that's actually, you're probably right. This is probably the best idea. So it's big free agent summer. Mm-hmm. LeBron James to San Antonio. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a, you know how much I think we should pay him? Like nothing. $10 million. No. I mean, so they pay, they pay. They pay Timmy $10 million. They pay Timmy $10 million. They pay Manu 7 You know, like, what's, what's $10, $15 million a year to LeBron? It doesn't matter, right? His, his like, Powerade contract or whatever is going to make that up. Right. The other thing is he, he, or they could just go over, right? Like, their salary is $20 million, $21 million less than Miami this year. Yeah. I mean, Buford could just be like, all right, let's just pay $20 million and get LeBron in here. I'm sure we can make it up somehow. Do you think, like, having LeBron James on your team makes up $20 million? Uh, I could tell you that um, Dan Gilbert was like, are you asking me if I would pay $25 million in salary cap uh, penalties to make $200 million in in ticket sales? Well, the answer is yes, I would. And then he goes signs his check for Antoine Jameson or whatever. Um, so it sounds insane when I said it out loud first. It's not right? that insane. He's, I, I, actually, he's probably the player... Like after the like people who are on the roster yeah. currently best suited to playing in on the that San, team in the San Antonio structure. Right. I mean, I think like pay him seven hundred thousand dollars or like pay him three million dollars. Pay him what you played Danny Green. It doesn't matter. Like this doesn't have that much impact. If you really think about what he said he wanted to do, he said he wanted to challenge year after year and play with a group of guys, play in a team mentality, etc. There is no team you could assemble in this league other than Cleveland. This, this coming year that could actually give him the structure that he wants, except for the Cleveland team is going to be this horrible backbiting dragon that collapses after one year maybe, right? So, you know, Bill Simmons said in his column like two weeks ago, like, signing, starting lineup for the Cleveland Cavaliers next year could easily be Kevin Love, LeBron James, Anderson Verajao, uh Kyrie Irving, right? But then they're going to have like insane contract issues, like... Somebody's going to collapse in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. If you just put LeBron on that team, he doesn't have to take a huge salary. They will just literally challenge for titles for the next seven or ten years for as long as he wants to play. You know, like, and they'll calmly add guys. Whatever the Marco Bellinelli of 2017 is, right. they'll just put him on the team. They'll be like, oh, some unremarkable spot-up shooter from Charlotte was added to their team or whatever. And like, oh, he does exactly what they want. I actually think you have to pay him that I actually, I, I, It's going to sound... My reasoning for why he, yeah. he can't go to the Spurs is, I think, legacy-wise, he already has this, like, perception on him that, like, well, you just couldn't beat the best players, so you formed a super team. Nobody nobody wins a title without all-star teammates. I'm just telling, I'm just nobody. telling you. Nobody. He actually that. came the closest I un- <laughs> in 2007. I understand. That was, that was the one is, time somebody almost I'm did that. I'm just saying is if he did the, oh, the Spurs beat me, and then I went and joined them, like, it would just... I mean, the Spurs beat him like a drum. I mean, like, the Spurs <laughs> should have beaten him last year. The Spurs didn't necessarily beat him like a drum. I mean, he, he, still, he still was pretty good. The rest of the team just looked... Have you seen the, have you seen the picture? It's like... 
LeBron's team photo, and it's just him with seven garbage cans in the background. I mean, did you watch the games? I mean, I watched, I watched every I, minute. I didn't watch every minute, but I watched most it's of like it. Like the Boris Diaw behind the behind the back wraparound on Bosch for the Tiago splitter dunk. That, that it ends not in the Tiago splitter under the basket dunk, but like that that LeBron like hand out like the Monopoly man after he's gone bankrupt. Like, Turns like, his pockets like out and straight out. to jail. Do not collect two hundred dollars, Monopoly man. He, he literally looks like Monopoly my, man my after favorite. a bad after a bad community chest. My, my favorite moment I think from the playoffs was the Leonard putback dunk in game four. Yeah. Where, you know it's worth two points, right? I, uh, that's not a matter <laughs> of it, it's it was because it was like the ball goes up and all every single heat player yeah. is just standing around and Kawhi Leonard's out past the three-point line, and he just starts, yeah. like, just bionic man running to the basket and leaping uh, I, before the shot has even clanked. He's the fastest. I said before, I've never seen a player that moves like him in the open court. He's so fast on a yeah. break. He just doesn't do it. That's like, their offense doesn't require him to do that. But he did it a couple of times against Dallas, where he was just like, oh, I'm just going to run past Nowitzki and Matrix here. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that was their was, mistake was, of putting these slow old people against me. He was ridiculous. He's just not required to. Yeah. I've been saying he's like the third best player in the league for, for months now, and he's just not been called on to, to, to play at his level. But if you really think about it, his job in the playoffs was to contain Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Yeah. And people are going to say, well, he didn't. Those guys scored like 35 points a game. And he'd be like, of course he did. He made it so those guys scored 35 points a game. Like, he made it so those guys took just enough shots that they would look like they were awesome, while the rest of their teams looked like garbage cans. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm watching. How bad, how, how bad was Russell Westbrook and the other 11 guys on their team? They're so, they were so bad. I was watching the uh, post-game comments, and, you know, they were talking about the Spurs. And, you know, there was kind of this, well, you know, they had two lottery picks. You know, they had the David Robinson lottery pick, and then they had... The Tim Duncan lottery. 15 years ago. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and they were able to really turn it into something. And then, you know, uh, Bill Simmons was like, yeah, and then they got the Tony Dunk, you know, the Tony Parker pick fell into their lap. And that was kind of like a first-round pick. And then Kawhi Leonard for... Kawhi Leonard for George Hill is kind of like at the time George Hill was a rotation player. He was actually the starter. It's kind of like a rotation, but it was just that like, was the year that like, Parker had plantar just, fasciitis. You're just saying that they've got the best organization. Oh, they're I mean they are by far the best at drafting of any team in the NBA. They took Manu Emmanuel Ginobili. They took with the last pick of the second round that year. The last pick. I mean Parker was a developed second round pick. All their guys are these these like. Brazilian and Italian guys, they stock away for however they need, and then they bring him into rotation. They took Danny Green off waivers. He was their best player in the playoffs last year, other than Leonard. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was, it was uh, like, I just posted, I want, I'd like to make this series best of 11. Just, I just want to see the Spurs win two win more another, time, win another two more couple games. games. Yeah, I just want to see the I was so, we didn't like, cast last week, but I was so angry after game two when, when the Spurs lost, because they only lost by two, and I thought that the pivotal thing in the, in the game was when was when Wade takes that flop, and like Spurs were up by four, I think at the time, and then they had to take Ginobili out, and I was just like, that—that's like when the—that's like when the the Heat like kind of rallied, because, yeah. and then I'm like, this is just the most egregious thing. They're definitely gonna find him, and um, my wife's just like, they're not gonna find him. This is like a superstar player. You're, yeah, yeah. I'm like sending her a text the next day. She's like, I don't even have to read this text. I know what it is. But the thing that made me so angry was, they find him five thousand dollars. 
to find him on like a finals game is actually a pretty big statement. Right. But that flop was worth at least two million dollars. It might have been worth twenty million dollars. <laughs> like what's a, like a regular NBA victory in the regular season is worth one point seven million dollars. What is a win in the finals worth and on your home court? It's got to be. Oh, it's yeah. got at least literally a regular season win's worth one point seven million dollars. Like <laughs> a finals win is at least like sixteen times that much, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just so. I, I, I don't know. It was just so egregious, but it doesn't matter. Like they, they had no chance of winning fair games with basketball. No, no. It, it was it was it was actually just the most outmatched I've ever seen in a in a NBA finals. It's the biggest stomp in the history of the finals. They say. Like, yeah, yeah. It was. Even four zero sweeps aren't aren't as violent as this one. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was absolutely ridiculous. So, the best was like so they're coming out. I watched the first quarter with my wife before she kicked me out to watch Game of Thrones, but. Um, you know, and, and Miami has that, that huge spurt, and they're playing so hard. And I'm like, uh, she's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I think I think Miami can't keep up this pace. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, they're just, their team is so thin. They're like, they played so hard in the first quarter. I'm like, they just don't have it. Like, LeBron might be able to go this way for like 30 minutes, but they need him to play 42 minutes at least. And that's like 12 minutes too many. If you have 12 bad LeBron minutes, we know what that looks like against yeah. this team. And the rest of these guys are not going to run like this it, the rest of the it, game. It, that's exactly of, what happened. It was kind of insane that the Spurs could talk about having the big three and then what they were calling the next three. <laughs> you know, like the, the idea that they just, like, they're deep enough that they have, like, another, you know, like, core three players coming in off the bench who I mean, are, you know, this, able to just give them quality minutes that just, I mean, just... Far, far outstrip anything that the Heat have coming so, off their bench. I mean, just if they're in the East, this is the team: Patty Mills, Manu Ginobili, Thiago Splitter, Boris Diaw, and uh, Marco Bellinelli. That's that's your that's your starting five. Where do they finish in the East? What's their bench like? What? <laughs> they got airs. They got, they've got airs. <laughs> They've got Corey I mean, Joseph. They're, they're they close. just don't have the starting five. They're, they're probably like fourth seed. No, 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 but where do they finish in the playoffs? Forget what seed oh, they're. Oh, they're second, right? They just oh, yeah, only they're, lose they're, the they're heat. In the, yeah, they're, in the, they're, in the, they're definitely in the finals. Because the nobody, nobody short of Indiana can even challenge that team. And they would spook Indiana. <laughs> they would probably, that team would probably lose to the Heat. But you're talking about a team, like, all right, you take Maybe. The, you're like, <laughs> you have the Spurs, but minus. Most teams only front like between six and eight guys total and not even eight guys like six seven guys total in the playoffs so if your team is like because you know you, you just like you run like one man switch outs for like five minutes at a yeah. time or whatever so if your team is like really like Bellin <laughs> Bellinelli Ginobili Patty Mills played at a Hall of Fame level my god Steve, he's destroyed them Steve, Steve Zane and I went to watch game four at a bar near here yeah and uh, we're watching and we're like wait Who's leading? Like we're like literally just trying to figure out who's leading the team in scoring, and we look, and it was like they had two players over at the time. It was maybe the third quarter. Like two players had like fifteen, yeah, and then every like they had like eight different players and had like nine to eleven points. It was insane. Yeah, they play like a single organism. I realized something. How do you apply that to uh... Tony Parker? Really is underrated. He's just like a black hole. Like if you played, if you watch how he played in the last game, he missed his first. 11 shots or first is miss, misses for seven shots or something but didn't matter he just took all the turnovers that the team would have normally had or all the miss shots and he just concentrated them on himself 
and the rest of the team played like clockwork. But if you look at how if you look at how the the defensive setup was, they committed LeBron James and their point guard, whoever the point guard was on the floor, to Tony at all times. So he was missing. But then then that meant that like whoever LeBron was like, Boris Dia was like always loose, right? right? Like. I was just like, what? That's really interesting. Like, the advanced stat heads are just going to be like, oh, Tony Parker had a bad game. I don't think he did. They played this, like, weird lopsided offense that's designed to have Tony take, like, a bunch of shots that are, that are not going to be as good as his usual shots. But they literally were switching LeBron onto him every single play. Well, it was weird when he was guarding LeBron. But like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Him and Diaz did an okay job on LeBron. And God, he played so well. Was that lighter? Did you just play the whole playoffs? What the hell? What is that? I don't know. Is that some sort of weird new Becker ring? Is that like really a ringer? No. Is I, that music of yours? It's some some music. I don't know what it Have is. Have you been hacked by Billie Holiday? <laughs> Did she time travel? <laughs> into Halton Catch Fire to nail your, your iPhone? I don't know. It wasn't that. Maybe it was iTunes? Is that a song you own? No. That doesn't matter. You have a lot of shit open, man. Yeah, I know. Don't you know how to dismiss things? Yeah, I do. I'm just, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> All right, so... So, so ha- here, here's a, a ham-handed attempt to make this into a magic podcast. Ha- how? So you, you look at, like, all the things the Heat do, right? Yeah. Like, in terms of just, like, just passing up good shots, take great shots. Like, they keep saying, like, during the... Yeah, like just like making, making, always making the extra pass, just always making the the, the right play. You I mean, mean the Spurs? The Spurs. I'm sorry. That's right. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I meant the Spurs. I'm sorry, the Spurs. Like just in terms of like you know this kind of like unselfish play, never going for you know fancy play syndrome, never being like oh you know it'd be really cool here if I tried to make a behind the back slant dunk off of an alley oop. You know? So, uh, so here's how I'd say that. So. The furthest extreme of the Spurs offense is actually the Rockets. The Rockets only take dunks and threes. Right. But then the Spurs are like one over from that. And the Spurs only take dunks or, you know, dunks, layups, whatever, um, threes, and then two-pointers that go in. Right. So, so they, they add also two-pointers that go in, not right. – but, but the, the Rockets just never take those shots. Right, right. Um, so I think that that's interesting because they actually confuse the defense a little bit on the other right. side. Um, but oh, here's the secret. Here's the secret. Yeah. So forever, the Spurs were like this insane defensive team, right? That's like where Mike Brown comes from. You know, he like came yeah. to Cleveland because he was like a he was a pop acolyte, like learned pop defense yeah. or whatever. Um, but then like you know, Pop's guys are all old, and so in like 2012 in the shortened season, he's just like, oh, I'm gonna invent this insane offense, and we're just gonna do this thing that nobody else knows how to do. And like the Rockets, whoever copy it now, but the you know the Heat have their own version. Uh, but, you know, the Spurs are obviously, like, the gods of it. And then they, that's what they played as for the last two years. I don't know if you noticed, but this year they had the same insane offense. But they were also <laughs> the Spurs defense. Like, like, wait, when did they just reintroduce being the most insane defensive team? They did it and nobody noticed. Right. They weren't the most insane defensive team in the last two years. They were just like, oh, they're such a good offensive team that, like, they were blowing out all their opponents. But they were like, oh, wait, what if we also just applied our insane defensive principles of the last 20 years as well? Right. Like, ooh, would that make us tired? Ooh, what if we just played 10 players instead of five? <laughs> ooh, we wouldn't be tired anymore. <laughs> oh, so how do I apply that to magic? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt does it. Kills creatures, shoots opponents. 
different responses. Enchantments or equipments, I don't know. Lightning bolt! <laughs> Best cards. <laughs> yeah, that's how I guess that's... I don't know what to tell you, man. Lightning bolt. Yeah. Have you been uh, Have you been playing any magic? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, I, I missed all of... Uh, all the last cube round, I didn't play any. Um, uh, but, yeah, I've been playing. You played any Vintage Masters? No. You'll like it. It's like a limited format? Yeah. It's like yeah. Modern Masters, but for Vintage. You can draft Astral Slide. I saw Toby Elliott had some uh, deck on... Oh, no, maybe I'm confusing my Vintage Masters and my... Uh, cube? No, and my Conspiracy formats. Too many new cards all out at once. So let's let's actually switch this back into a Magic the Gathering podcast. So Vintage Masters, Conspiracy set, two sets that have no impact on real Magic. Next week, set that will have dramatic impact on real Magic coming. Oh yeah. Next week. Yeah. So you're saying spoilers start for? Yeah. Magic 2015. Mine come out next Monday. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I have I have one next Friday, and that's. Yeah, I have, I have two this week, yeah. but then that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, uh, so this set will have a dramatic impact on Magic the Gathering, right. as opposed to these sets that I don't even understand how yeah. they work. Well, it's weird, though, right? Like, how, like, does it have, does, does Magic 2015 have a huge impact, or does it just, like, bro- it just broadens the field, the, I mean, the pool, I mean, I know right? what cards I got. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I know uh, what these cards do. Oh, oh. <laughs> They've been featured in decks before. <laughs> I gotcha. I no, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. It, de- it depends on. But I'm saying you're talking about we, you're talking about broadening up. the pool of cards for the time being, right? Like, but I'm actually I'm just talking in general about cards that matter versus cards so, that don't you, matter for what competitive would you say magic. The big, what would you say the most impactful cards to come out of core sets over the since they've moved to like this like introducing new cards in core set? Oh, I mean, the most impactful is yeah. clearly preordain. Yeah. I mean, it was a first time printing in M11, right? And it was, it quickly rose to being the best card in the format. It had a higher win rate than Jace the Mind Sculptor. You think you think Preordain over, say, Primeval Titan, or? I don't think Preordain versus Primeval Titan is even close. Yeah. I mean, Preordain was immediately banned in multiple formats. It's like <laughs> they're not close. Primeval Titan's banned in Commander. <laughs> I mean, like Primeval Titan being banned in Modern in a format which has. Rem- Numerous two-card combo kills is kind of a joke, right? Like, I'm going to tap seven mana so that I will find my primeval titan and then find two more lands and then shuffle my deck yet another time. Like, that, like, oh, how clever of you. That's your turn? Now you're done? Like, what what did the lands you do get? I, 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 that, like, most people don't know what impersonation you were doing there, but Mike Turian would never play Green Sun (laughs) Z. For whatever it is, like, I mean, what's the dangerousest thing you could do? Like, like uh, the red, the like uh, into, through the breach, yeah. through the breach of primeval titan. Like, oh, it's an explosive vegetation primeval, that hits primeval, for six. Primeval titan's not banned in modern. Oh yeah, it Is doesn't it? even. I don't. I don't know. No, it's banned in commander. <laughs> yeah, because you can still do turn turn one primeval titan. Yeah, so people don't even game with it. You're saying that's what I'm saying. Oh, but. Preordain, on the other oh. hand, I was just illustrating the relative bandness of one <laughs> versus the other. Really, why don't people game with it? They can. I mean, there was there's the. There's Are you sure it's not banned? I'm ninety percent certain. I thought it was banned because no one games with it. Like it used to get gamed with it's, a lot. It's sort of like uh, self-banned. Maybe I'll game with it. 
Or is it too shitty? <laughs> How could you even ask me a question of a card then that's not even banned but nobody games with? I don't know, you know, it was a pretty big card. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what deck do you think is more prevalent? Valica or Cawblade? I mean, like, Valica was a deck even before Primeval Titan, right? Sure. I mean, what's the what's the Primeval Titanist Primeval Titan deck? Valica? What else? Like, some weird scape shift stuff and extended? I don't know. It's just, yeah. Trap deck? Yeah, it's legal and modern. Really? Yeah. It's not even played. Are you comparing it to Preordained? I, I mean, sir, now, now in hindsight that we've determined that it's not even banned. What about, what about Young Pyromancer? See, that one was not as good as Preordained either. I think, actually, I think the biggest immediate impact to a standard format was probably Monolink. Sure, sure. That one was just like, uh, oh, we've been playing Magic a certain way for a certain period of time, and oh, now we're changing our, changing our how modern, I mean, how, uh, how standard it is. Right. What's that? That girl's John, I don't Oh, okay. I gave her apartment advice. Interesting. Um... Uh, now with footnotes. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to the cast because then she's going to go, hey, I was walking by him one day. I don't think she does. Yeah, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say she doesn't. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, she could probably hear us from where <laughs> she's standing. Oh, well, that's different. So, anywho... Um, yeah, I mean, just preordained just, like, the best, right? You found your second turn... Stoneforge Mystic with it. It just increased the consistency of Lotus sure. Cobras and Jace the Mind Sculptors. Sure, sure. I mean, look, think about the skill advantage you would have with a preordain if you knew how to play it versus someone who didn't know how to play it. And be like, remember when we used to always keep one lane hands if we had a preordain? Like, what a waste of a preordain that was. And you're like, oh, I'm going to try to turn this insane card that if, if you have it in the mid game, you should always win when you cast it into like a 40% chance of a random lane. <laughs> Yeah, look when you put it that way. <laughs> it sounds pretty horrendous, right? Speaking of what, did, what did you think of my ranking of hands in your Make the Play Monday? I thought that one of the playable hands was, the one that you picked was better, was worse than the one that I picked was better. I reversed it. Really? Yeah. I think that Chandra is so good. Like, it's so much better with uh, Corsair Prefix than it was than just a matter. Of, it was just a matter of mana, though, right? Like, it was a matter of... What colored mana you had? And well, I mean, if I think if you have a Corsair and a Chandra, like you never miss with Chandra again, right? That's the Fair. okay. Like, yeah, I think the, the big thing with Chandra is if your Chandra's in play, yeah. the only question is if what like if they can't kill it. So it's whether you're destroying them or it's only pretty good. Okay. But like, if it's always if you're always destroying them, like yeah, like, yeah this like you can't can lose. You, can you tell me why all your make the play Mondays involve keeping one land hands? They don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I will have to go back. I'm just. Some of them are, like, about attacking. I don't know. What do you think I should... Seriously, serious question. What should I make them about, then? Are they too repetitive? No, no. I'm just teasing. I don't think they I just are. feel like the, couple, the two times we've talked about it, it's involved keeping a one-lander. It's like, which of these one-land... None of them. I want to mulligan all these hands. So, a lot of the ones that I do are about, like, how do you make sure you win a game that you're supposed to be winning? Right. So, I think that an insane number of players are supposed to win a game and then they hurl them into the trash. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like so I like I had one with with uh with Hayne last week where it was just like, all right, you're crushing your opponent, you have eight cards, because you cast like a Sphinx's Revelation last turn. What of which of your awesome cards you discard? Okay? 
He discarded a Firemind's Foresight. I discarded a Jace Architect of Thought. But I had a Jace Architect of Thought in my graveyard because I freshened one up last turn, and I had this other Jace that was never going to get killed, right? Right. Right, so, I mean, I thought Jace Architect of Thought was the correct thing to discard. Firemind's Foresight is, like, like you're probably not going to lose this game that you have, like, a bunch of lands in play, eight cards in hand, including multiple counter spells, you know? But if you were possibly going to lose it, Fireman's Foresight's is the kind of card that would just definitely get you the tools you needed to get out, versus another Jace would be like, you know, sure. random slow foff. Sure. I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought, do, do you ever do anything where you're, like, just dealing with, like, the tactics of a board? Sure, like, what do you attack with? What or, do you attack you know, with? Like, or, or, like, when do you, like, you know, when, when do you uh, kill something? Like, you, you know, even just, like, you see people do that all the time where they're, like, they let their opponent, they don't want to let their opponent attack them with a, their, you know, they don't want to take damage that turn. They can just, whereas they can take damage and then kill the creature at the end of the turn and then maybe wait and see, weigh their options and see if there's a better creature. Um, I had one where it was like, you have like a monoleak, a spell, snare, uh, snapcaster mage, then like your opponent casts an 0-1 Tarmogoy. Like, what do you do? Like, some people are like, just let it resolve. <laughs> that's that's a good way to lose a game right there, you know? It's just like, let it resolve? Are you kidding? Yeah, there's no, no like, good coming that. Like, there's no... Yeah, but there's no, no... You have no board control cards? You just have, like... You're like, oh, you can't lose a... You can't lose a Tarmogoy. If your Snapcaster Mage would beat it. Like, I'm like, really? That's that's what you're thinking? Like, to me, it's just a question of, like, you know, how how, how many turns in, in the future am I planning, you know? Right. You know, Spell Snare or, or Mono League. Right. Like, you know, do I want to be able to, like, you know, maybe, like, Snare now, like, Snapcaster Snare next turn while right. ha still having Mono League Mono open? You know, there's, like, a lot of interesting angles you can take on this. And it's like, well, if I were a slow deck, would I do this? A fast deck, I would do this. No, let it resolve. You have a lightning bolt in it, but there's no route to red, you know, in your hand. <laughs> like, well, uh, I, I had one where uh, it's also like you have a, you have a spell snare. Yeah. So like, don't you want to get, get guaranteed value out of your spell snare? I think I think that if you're Is playing it? against a deck with with Tarmogoyfs, at some point you're always going to get value of the spell snare. I think that if you're playing a slow deak you might want to monoleak it because if you're planning to play like a thirty turn game, the monoleak's not going to be very good in the future, but the spell snare is always going to be good. Right. I mean, that's not one way to look at it. You know, there's different ways of looking at it. Um, the uh, I, I had one that was, like, super telling for me, which is, like, playing a red deck, and then, um, like, it's a pretty good hand. Like, what do you attack with? And I thought, like, oh, like, I attacked with blah, 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 and then, like, Patrick Sullivan was the, was the celebrity guest that week. Yeah. And he had a completely different strategy than me, and, like, I just read it, I'm like, my God. God, is his strategy better. It's just, like, so many times better than mine. He's just like, if you do this, then you're just going to get this damage in. You can't kill him anyway, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. You know, if he, if he like, go makes you do a wrath, you, like, you like chain your burning tramissaries into a fanatic focus, and he's definitely dead. But, like, I was just like, oh, well, bait him here, and then if he, you know, if he answers, you still get in for six. You know, he's like, and, and or, you know, one of them was like, maybe I could, like, rebuy a Chandra's Phoenix, and he's just like, no, trading for anything is horrible here. You're winning. Like, you don't want to give him any opportunities to use counter spells or removal. Just get him. You know, if he uses that mid-combat, you crush him with fanatic Amogus. And I was just like, and he's like, it was, because, like, it's one of these situations where it's solvable if you have a clear route to win the game, right? Right. 
But the question, the ones that there's a clear right to win the game, those aren't the interesting ones to talk about, right? The interesting right. ones to talk about are like, you know, you have like three or four reasonably good plays, which is the one that gets you there most likely. Right, right. And it's just so much better than mine. Like, yeah, I, I have ones I often disagree with, like the celebrity guest. Or, like, I often disagree with Payne. I recognize he's a much better player than I am, but he, he always says stuff like, that's oh, different. He's just like right. randomly like deiciding and killing his own stuff in response to like remove something permanently, just like you would do, you know? Like, yeah. Like, like insane like weird garbage plays where you're one for twoing yourself, but to guarantee something being gone or something, you know? So then you don't have to worry about a top deck. You're ahead. And I'm like, oh, that's too fancy for me. Uh, but then I just, but this one with uh, with Peace Ali, I was just like, he's just the master of red decks. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of red deck, you see Boss. Yeah, Tom Ross. I'm so happy when Boss does well. And I, I have a suggestion man. for Make the Play Monday. What? Yeah. Here's your suggestion for Make the Play Monday. It's 1995. Yeah. You've won a Magic Tournament. <laughs> and you can choose... In the Park Central Hotel. At the Park Central Hotel, you can choose... This is your second tournament This is the ever second tournament I've ever had. One box of Legends or ten boxes of Fallen Empires. I mean, I posted on your Facebook wall about this already. I mean, if, I mean, in hindsight, you would pick the box of legends, right? Well, but even it, in foresight, you would take the no. In the, at the time, at what the, year was this? Nineteen ninety-five. Greg Kleiman won this tournament Eight. and sold the box for a thousand dollars at the show. Yeah. So where did Rob Hahn finish on it? I don't. I don't know. He won one of yours, didn't he? He won a PTQ. Right? I don't know if he ever won. I a, thought he won one of yours before he won the. He was an okay New York player, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was I good. mean, he was, like, not exceptional compared right. to the exceptional New York players, but he was a passable New yeah. York player. This is so insane to me, looking at this. Can I think about this? This So I found this, like, flyer for an old Magic tournament I ran so in 1985. email that. We'll put it up as, like, the picture of our, yeah. uh, of our show notes. So it's, like, January 7th. It was a bo- so it was either Box of Legends or Box of Legends. It was only $10 to enter the tournament. Which Did is you make a killing on this? We had, like, it was, like, the this was the biggest Magic tournament for years. That it ever happened? No, it never happened. Even for even for years after. This was like this was essentially effectively a one thousand person tournament. Because it was single tournaments were single limb back then, first of all. So we had well over five hundred what is it, five hundred and twelve players. Yeah. We had something like five hundred and eighty or six hundred yeah. players. So it was a thousand person tournament. You know, like five hundred people. Yeah, yeah four hundred something people had buys round one or uh, whatever. And the people it was. who lost round one are all yes. Yeah, but we would put you, if you lost in round one, we'd put you in a consolation tournament for round two, for a box of dark. Yeah. Yeah, so we always... And these were big prizes back then, right? They were. They were. Well, I mean, that, that box of legends is like six grand now. I mean, I'm sure it's been sold by now. Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, but even to the to the buyer, I think yeah. it's been liquidated. The 10 boxes of Fallen Empires is about $1,600 right now. Really? Yeah. It's like 160 a box from what I was saw. For what? I don't know. What cards are valuable? Alien pile. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what are the cards that are even playable? Like pump orders are common. Black bordered hymns. I don't know. What other kind of hymns are yeah, there? I, I don't know. I don't know. The number of playable cards from that set were were not was just no, pump was orders, hymns, alien piles. The, Six levels deep, and I'm the only one who played it. Well, maybe Adrian played some in his sideboard <laughs> once. I don't know. Yeah. No, Three casting costs shock? That, yeah. <laughs> that's what you got? Yeah. It's like shock, but it costs three. Oh, I'm sorry. The, 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 the Constellation Tournament here was a box of revised boosters. 
So if you lost in round one... I would one, much rather have the box of revised boosters than the ten boxes of Fallen Empires. Yeah. There might be a Savannah. <laughs> so you know, I, the first trade I ever made was to Worth Walpert's Savannah for Sarah Angel. They were both at, like, $3 at our store yeah, at the yeah. time. That was dumb. So, cumulative, what do you think cumulative life team player tournament is? It was a team tournament where you shared a single life total. Exactly. So it's it was like two-headed giant. Two-headed giant. Yeah. That's obvious. A skills tournament? What do you think a skills tournament was? <laughs> what skills people had back then. Sealed deck. That's what we called. We made up a word for it. Because there was no sealed deck. Just, you just invented it. We were just like, here, have two sealed. Remember, we, we, here's two starter decks. Build a deck from them. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I almost won one of your tournaments. Eric Lauer. That guy was invincible. But how crazy is it? This was like the only means of communication we had. With flyers? Players, with flyers. We didn't have a website yet. Like, we had an email address. <laughs> WL hyphen NYMagic hyphen EXP at society.com? Yeah. That sounds like a porno address. Like, we didn't even. Yeah, it was how like. How you attract players? We call up stores? We handed. We would mail flyers all over the Northeast. We to would who? mail people to every like store that sold magic. We we would mail like a hot package of a hundred flyers to, you know, hundred you know not hundreds of stores but, you know, probably you know seventy five to a hundred stores, and then we also would put up flyers at the uh, complete strategist, which was the main hub where anyone bought magic at that point, and then we would uh, we bought mailing lists from people who had also you know we had run a tournament already. And then we bought mailing lists from other people who had run tournaments, who had thought to keep a mailing list. So, how, so look, let me ask you a question. So, like, how many people were on a mailing list like you, that, that somebody would have in return? Like, 100 people? It was, 100 you know, two, two, 200 people. 200 names? Yeah. How much would you pay for that? 20 bucks? Not even. I mean, it would be probably, or probably like some sort of exchange of hey, information. Would, because, I mean, you, can't, you wouldn't pay 200 bucks for that. No. I'm surprised you can't but I might. I mean, probably, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, the, I wouldn't you know, pay a dollar a name for at that time for magic information. Like, think the people weren't getting spammed as much back then. No, right? and like people, those those people still like. I've still done business with people from those tournaments to this day. It All would right. be well worth. It would be well worth spending ten dollars a name. In hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, people weren't. Well, that was not the going rate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, it's a cool flyer. Yeah. It was, I just, it's not as cool as the Spurs victory. No, 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 no. I was going through my box of comics. Boxes of comics. What is this thriller? Thriller was a was a weird comic. It's probably not. It's outside of your wheelhouse. It's a DC comic. It is a DC comic. It takes place outside of the DCU. It's in a booth. Uh, it's about a disembodied um, intelligence that uh, saves the world from menaces and has a bunch of people who act on her behalf. Shit. Her behalf? Her behalf. Thriller, yeah. A girl? A girl. It was awesome. That's I love this comic. What's that? That was uh, Bernie Wrightson. Oh, Swamp Thing right before? No, no, no. This is, a, this is like a horror comic. Yeah, from like Swamp Thing. Pre-Swamp Thing. What is this? That's... That's like from. You ever read Superhero Origins and Son of Origins? Oh, who drew that picture? That is John probably Basema. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Ramita. Oh, Senior. Ramita Senior. Senior. Wait, so let's look at this. So, do they have? They had like the rights to Red Sonia. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we're featuring Sonya. the fabulous females of Marvel Comics. And so she's in the same picture as Invisible Woman, Medusa, Black Widow, Hela, and and oh, I guess she was called Ms. Marvel back yes, then. Yes, yes. That's like her first uniform. What's she called now? Captain Marvel. Yeah. And then little little Kirby. You own those? Yes, those are all mine. I thought you'd appreciate that. Since we were talking about the Black Panther recently. I like the Black Panther. Is there a lot of uh, action for King Solomon's frog in the current no. run of uh, Black Panther? Do they no. Have they picked up that storyline, revisited no. it? No. <laughs> no? He's more like punching gods in the face. That's like, yeah, yeah. Um, King Solomon. <laughs> yeah, that was the first issue. That was the. That's the name of it. It was $3. Uh, when I bought it. I mean, you know they're re- reissuing all the Miracle Man stuff. Yeah, I have, I have a bunch of... Uh, Catherine asked me if mine went up or down in value based on that. I think it's... How, how scary would you rank that picture? Are those children? Those are actual children. What, what happened to their heads? They're wearing Halloween masks from the 1930s. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they might have the plague. Why is that your background? Because <laughs> it's awesome. What kind of person are you? <laughs> Not a good oh one. Oh my god, <laughs> you are so scary. Apparently I don't like a, it. Apparently not a very good person. So I've uh now let's talk about tournament finishes. Frank Lepore winning like a three hundred person. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa's rubbing off on him. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> it's very that, dirty. I guess that does not sound good. I mean it sounds fine for Frank. <laughs> I mean, uh, Ryan. Not That's, very clean. I just meant that Melissa is a more experienced magic player than Frank in terms of playing in tournaments. Not getting better. <laughs> I was I was, I was playing his deck. Uh, I was just, he's he won. I'm like, oh wow, show me your list. I want to play with it. And I, it was weird to me, like to play a three color deck, which has three. I don't know if you notice the three colors three different colors. So you have yeah. you have your choice of a bunch of different colors. Yeah, yeah. What, yet, what's his deck? I mean, I and yet Pongify would make the cut. Yeah. Yeah, and he has, like, two mana confluences. Yeah. What was the deck? Blue, green, white. Yeah. It's got, and like... Bad control. It's, like, weird. It's, like, a little rampy. It's got, like, Sylvan Carrioted and Corsair of Crufix. And then it's, like, a little Super Frenzy. It's got, like, Kiora, like, two Jaces, you know, some, some Planeswalker action. It's got, like, two Dissolves for control <laughs> counters. And it's got, like, three Sphinx's Revs. But I guess I can, like, block with, with Corsair Krupix or whatever. It's got, like, some Detention Spheres and, like, some Banishing Lights, you know. And then it's got, like, Force Sphinx's you know, Reverend, yeah. right? So it's just, like, a little bit weird in, like, every single direction. But, like, the thing that's that's cray-cray about it is it has Pongify. So it's like, how do you have a three-color deck where Pongify makes the cut? What, 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 what is Pongify for? Uh, I can tell you what I did with it. What did you do with Pongify? Oh, it has Advent of the Worm, too. So it also has Advent of the Worm. So Sweet. It's, yeah, it's got, like, everything you could play with. <laughs> but, like, not four of any of them. No, like, of no. course not, right? No, no. But it's, like, four Sylvan Carriages. And, like, I think four Coursers. But, like, somebody wanted to kill my Advent of the Worm with a Banishing Light, which would kill it, kill it, you know? In response, I pongified it. <laughs> and I was just like, now I have a 3-3 three, three instead of so a you got, to, you got to play magic like me and Alexander Hain? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I guess this is better than not having a guy, you know? It was, uh, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool deck. Uh, it's got, like, a lot of temples, like 12 temples. And it's got, like, some breeding pools and stuff like that. But it has two mana confluences. It has, like, a lot of basics, too. I wish yeah. there were more ways to search up basics. I don't know why I can't find my... 
Um, have you seen Saito's new blue-white deck? He played in Grand Prix Moscow. No. He went 10-4, and four, apparently, yeah. with three buys. That's not just, very good for him. They just want to play mono-red. Isn't that the correct play now? Or, like, Boris Byrne won Moscow. And I'm like a little... Tom Ross won everything with red. And I mean, he, like, won Legacies with Infect, though. Like, it's just basically the Infect deck we played in Standard. And I was like, now it's good enough for Legacy. Actually, it gains Brainstorm. Sure. So, like, gaining Brainstorm and... Um, oh. And doesn't Force of Will have, is probably a big game. it also have, game. like, a plus five, plus five? Yeah. Plus four, plus four. Yeah, whatever. For free, it. though. And then Berserk. Yeah. So, like, you could just have your guy and, like, plus yeah, four, yeah, plus yeah, four, yeah. Berserk him. And then your opponent would be defeated, probably. Yeah, probably. Like, if they taps out. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> Why'd you do that, you idiot? Moron. Who taps out? Uh, people do. The it's best crazy. would be, like, if you just, like, land and then your opponent's just, like... All these things, show and tell, and you're like, response, brainstorm. They're like, all right, resolves. And they like, get like, I don't know, Emrakul the Anscorn, and you're like, blighted agent. <laughs> and they're like, uh oh. <laughs> you're like, well, attack you, invigorate, <laughs> berserk. I've been working on my heat gun crab deck for modern. No, you haven't. I have been. You're a liar. I have been. I almost played it in a PTQ. No, you did. I did. I, I draw the line at that one. I don't I almost believe it. Define almost. I, I went to the PTQ. You did? I did. You went to a, a modern PTQ? I went to a modern PTQ in Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. But I mostly just went to play Commander and Draft Conspiracy. Did you play it? No, I didn't play. There was other stuff to do. I mean, you can't go to the PTQ and not play. That's kind of I did, you know, bad you, you know, I had just done an interview with all these people who were, like, pillars of the modern format. And like, you know, so I'm talking to like Josh McLean and I'm talking to Jacob Wilson and I'm you know when you say pillars of the modern format, you're just saying guys who played in the last modern pro no, tour. No, 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 people, people, people who've done well at multiple modern yeah. events, or across multiple modern events. And they were all like, Well, you can really play anything, but only if you've played it a lot. You can really play and anything, so but I you had, probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I haven't played any of these decks very much, so and I don't want to just bring a homebrew. So I went and just hung out. Do they think that the decisions are so nuanced? Like, I, uh, I, I kind of refuse to believe that Splinter Twins so much more nuanced than when I was playing it, when we had cards like Preordain I think, and Jace I think the, the I think the nuance comes within each matchup, right? I mean, the answer is usually got to jam. You know, like, <laughs> there are people like, should I jam? Should I not jam? And the answer is usually, usually, usually. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like there's a ton of people playing Twin. I mean, some sort of twin variant. Nobody games with Blue Moon at all, right? Like, no, no one games. At that Pro Tour, you're like, well, the breakout deck of the format It was. Blue Moon. It was, it was absolutely just boning people. Man, that girl's so beautiful, but she must be like 40 years younger than that dude. That's weird to me. That's like one of John's girlfriends. Lol. <laughs> um, yeah, Blue, Blue Moon was awesome at that tournament. Like, people just didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. you should play Pilgrim's Eye. If you had Pilgrim's Eye, you could just undo their stupid blood moon. I mean, also, I think you see people have a couple more just basic lands for that reason, right? But what if you just put a Splinter Twin on your Pilgrim's Eye? The Blue Moon wouldn't pay you. It'd be fine. Maybe I would just game with Blue Moon because then, like, I would just beat the idiots, right? Like, and, like, my nut hand is only six cards. <laughs> like, well, if I have a Monoleague, two lands, and a Lightning Bolt, we can get there. According to... The guy who played Blue Moon's name. Li Chen? According to Li Chen, my nut hands only requires six he just, cards. He just made platinum this week. He yeah. uh, he top aided Grand Prix Moscow. 
So he got to he, he got play platinum. Blue he did not. It was standard. He didn't even play it in standard. Yeah. What? Uh, I'm telling you, this this strength from the fallen deck is kind of sweet. You didn't even play it. I know, but I'm playing it a lot on Magic Online. Really? Yeah. I've, I've killed people with like 24 power Hedron Crabs. Tournament practice room or casual room? Tournament practice room. Tournament practice room. People don't know what to do. Strength, strength of the Fallen is actually just, like, if you can, like... It's a powerful Magic the Gathering. It's really powerful. I'm surprised it hasn't... Has it shown up in Standard at all? I haven't, I haven't seen it. I want to say yes, but I think the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah, it seems it seems very powerful to me. And there's all obviously all the tools are there for it for the rest of this. That's not a way, nice way to talk about people. The tools, <laughs> yeah. You know, grizzly salvage and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, what events are coming up? Grand Prix Chicago is this coming weekend. Are you gonna go to that? I am. I'm doing coverage. What's the format? It is standard. I like that format. It is standard, and then uh, the weekend. How many of my prognostic sticks will make the top eight? Do you think? The line is set at a half. I'll take the under. <laughs> People uh, like it. They always message me. They're like, yeah. oh, "This deck's really good." You, you made any changes? Here's the thing that I was a little sad about. It's like I wanted to play it in that Star City event that was a few weeks ago, but then I ran out of ticks. I forgot. And the thing was, it was weird. It was before the rotation, I had developed a strategy that was a super high win percentage against Mono Black Devotion. Yeah. And then people were asking me about it on Twitter and stuff. And I was just like winning, winning, winning. And I just, you're just not even believe this. And then I don't remember how to beat Mono Black Devotion. But I was just like, it was one of those things, you know, like classic Mike Flores. It was like, just like a line you took. Yeah, like, you know, like, oh, this matchup's really bad. Like, I don't understand. And then I'm like, oh, wait, what if I play, play, play this way instead? Then I like won like 17 straight monoblack devotion matches, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the right line. And then somebody asked me, and I'm like, oh, it's an easy match. You just, you just, and I forgot what my line was. It's just like a dream, like well, you can't remember. What? Oh, that was such a weird dream last night. Really, what happened in it? I, 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 I have to say this pretty much. Like, <laughs> I don't. And it's just like, it. At the time, I was just like, oh yeah, this is tough because then they beat you in this attrition game. You can't beat them on a attrition game because they have X and Y. But then I literally figured out how to always win the match. And then I don't remember now. Which is like, it's like impossible, right? Right? Like, yeah. It just doesn't even really happen. Right. Um, so, like, people are like, oh, how do you beat this common matchup? I'm like, you always win, except I don't remember how, and I can't tell you. And if I told you, it probably wouldn't make much sense. Much like LeBron to the Spurs. I mean, I love LeBron to the Spurs idea. You know, like, best player on best team. Would, they would, get, mean, would win 50 games a year and then win if half he, the if titles. If he's going to end up going anywhere, he's just going to go home. I, I, the thing is, I... If he's going to go anywhere... He's definitely not staying in Miami. If do you he, think he's not going to... You don't think he'll be in Miami next season? My God, you look at the look on his face after every single possession. He never looked that pissed when he was on the Cavs. Like, I think he was, like, sitting here... Catherine, who's not even a casual fan, like she barely even tolerates the fact that I love basketball. She's just like, I thought he came to this team so he would stop having to play like this. Right. You know, like he, he he's playing hero ball every single night and just nothing. They got half a quarter of output from the rest of that team. Half a quarter. Yeah. 
I mean, let's say that team is still the best team in the East next year and they go to the finals. Who can they beat? So the, everyone's, the Trailblazers would beat that so team. So everyone can opt out, but everyone still signed, right? Uh, it's player options for the year. Right, right. When you say everyone, you mean they're big three. I mean they're big it's three. It's Bosch and LeBron. Yeah, I don't think that Wade has a player option for the year. Oh, I think he does. He was their bird signing. So, oh, okay. um, so Wade and LeBron were free agent signings. So I okay. don't know if that's true. I know that they both have options out. Okay. But I don't know if Wade does. But he's he's their bird signing. Right. I know they're rule breaking. We will use our bird rights to exceed the salary cap. But LeBron was so mad that when they released Shane Battier, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Mike Miller. Yeah. Because like when Wade was injured, then they just had no depth. Battier already retired. Yeah. Today. He had a great... I thought he had a great run. Yeah. Nobody thought he would have as good of a, t- of a, I, you, of a career as he yeah, had. Yeah, the thing about Battier, though, Battier feels... It's like the first ball player whose entire career yeah. is sort of like... Even including his college career, still feels like, oh, that new player Shane Battier to me. Really? Yeah, he still... He doesn't feel like he's... It's like as time... You know, as you get older, time accelerates. It goes It goes by much quicker. Like, My God, I, I think you're right, yeah. And so, like, his like summer enti- vacation was eternal for me as a kid. Yeah, you know, like, his entire 13-year career feels like I'm like, you know, there's like part of me that if you go, how long has Shane Battier been in the league? I'd be like, I don't know, three, four years. Like, part in my head. So he was like a rocket, like back in 2008 or whatever. Where, where was he after the Rockets? Then he was somewhere, and then he went to, to Miami. But I remember that interview he had when he was with the Rockets, and I was like, yo, this guy's the best defender. And then he, he was like talking about who's hard to defend and who's easy. To and like the whole crux of the article was, um, it was like a buzzer. He like he gave Kobe this buzzer beater, and he's like, "Look, I looked at the film of Kobe. I wanted to take this shot. He misses it like seventy five percent of the time, and he hit it that time. He's just like he's going to hit it thirty seven percent of the time. But he did exactly what I wanted. That was the play that I wanted to play. And like, you don't always get him, you know. And it was like, it was like that's so insane. Think, he's like he's like he's like I put him in the spot where I wanted him to take the shot. He's bad lefty. He usually misses it, and you know." He said he got in Sports Center tonight. He's like, but like, I guess he like he split with Kobe on a bunch of buzzer beats. The same same move. Like, yeah. yeah. Else when like I don't know why you give away your sauce if that's the case. You know, right. Right. In an, in an article, but he's just talking about like. What do what you? Said, uh... He said Ginobili was the hardest guy to cover in the league because he's ambidextrous, and uh, in the like the playoffs, he's just like coach take put me on the bench. He's like their best player, or I guess he was not best player. Right, they had Yao and Tina back then. And he's like, why is like so I can guard Ginobili? What is like he's like yeah like I guard like LeBron I guard Kobe like he's, he thought he thought highly of Iverson in the key he's like so like, if you let Iverson go left though he's terrible so <laughs> and he's just like such a defensive savant on guarding wings yeah. and he's like wow he's so smart he's like, and he would say things like the foul is the worst possible thing you can do like don't let anyone trick you into thinking that like fouling is ever a good play and he's just like wow. So smart that when he went to Miami, he never took two pointers. <laughs> He's just like, just like they're inefficient, shouldn't take them. And then, so the interview he gave yesterday on his retirement, and he was like, "Oh, Battier, you had a great career. I'm like, you guys didn't win this year, blah blah." He's like, "It's like no team outside of top ten defensive rating has ever won an NBA title." I looked at the stats, and I knew we couldn't win. And 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 like. And, and he was like, before I even played a game. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, we're rated 12th at defense. They're rated first in offense. There's no way we would have ever won. Like, he's like, he's like we could not beat that team mathematically. Like, <laughs> like, they're like what are you talking about? Oh, they're like, crap. He's, he's like, we do not have the personnel to beat that team. 
Does, 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 does it he matter? become a coach? What? Does he become a coach? He, he's he's, he's going to become a commentator next year? I mean, obviously... But he's like, gonna... Can you imagine him saying he's like, no team outside of a top 10 defense rating has ever won a title. It's like, they're the best offensive team in the league. We're the 12th best defensive yeah, team. Would, it doesn't matter how good we are. He automatically offense. has more information than just about, like, all but three NBA coaches. Wasn't that an insane thing yeah, to say? Yeah, so yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. even matter how good we are on offense. Yeah. We can't defend them. Yeah. Like, that's the... Yeah. Like and if you watch how they how many, played, how many NBA coaches could give you that analysis? That but that was his first blush yeah, analysis. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I looked at the numbers before the finals started, and I knew we couldn't win. Did you, did you have any opinion on Derek Fisher coaching Knicks? Um, look, Phil like longballed him. He Phil broke the rules to say Fisher come home. Right, right. Right before before it's even legal to. So Phil's got a plan. I mean. Yeah. Look, he sound, I mean, I gotta say, he sounded good. I mean, that's obviously not coaching, but like Phil is, Phil is worst case the second best basketball coach in the history of the game, and almost certainly the best NBA coach in the history of the game. I think that Phil longballing Fisher on this, like he's probably got a plan that I think that that it's workable. You know, maybe he'll do like you know a Pat Riley thing where. Yeah. When, when the Heat won in 2006 where he was like the president or whatever and he just let Van Gundy avatar it for as far as he could and then, yeah. you know, stepped in if he had to. But, you know, he's literally like, worst case scenario is the best NBA coach of all time. Right. Like, I mean, Popovich gave Fisher his... Popovich was like, Derek Fisher's going to be a great coach. Yeah. Which, you know, made me feel a little better about it. Yeah, Popovich's first year coaching was 3-22. and 22, So... Uh, <laughs> He turned out. I mean, I think Popovich is probably the second. I, it's actually really rough if you if you think about it. It depends on how much longer Popovich decides to keep coaching, right? He said he wants to coach another year. Yeah. Um, I think that team could easily just win the title again. Sure. Easily, right? Um, so, if he wins the title again, it's unequivocal that Tim is the player of the '90s, 2010s, not Kobe, right? Like, it's a oh, completely yeah. unseat. It's a, it's it's. It's, it hasn't really been an argument on a player basis, except for people who want to buy Kobe jerseys ever. But, right, 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 right. Stop, Eddie, can Sorry. you help me out Sorry. on the train? So, but after this one, he's already matched Kobe's titles, right? Right, right, right. And he has, you know, uh, and if they win one more, it's just like completely, uh, completely, it's just no longer even a contest. Sure. Um, but I think they could win one more. I, I was talking to Steve about this also. It's like, the thing about the Spurs... But what does that say about Pop versus Phil, if that happens? I mean, I think, I think Pop is just... Like, that, just Phil has nine titles, or eight titles. Sure, sure. The, the thing to me about just the Spurs in general is... Is like, it eight How many fucking titles? I don't even know. Who? Phil? Phil? Has six with... He six has, with... He has with, two... Uh, he's, six with Michael. Right. And five with Kobe. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So he's 11. Yeah. And then two with the Knicks as a player, right? Exactly. I don't know exact count. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, think about the Like, if you take any spur off that team and put them somewhere else, their numbers are, like, much better. Yeah. So right? the reason that you can measure Pop as being a good coach is he could take garbage and put it on his team and they'd become good. But then when he sheds players, they're still good. Yeah, yeah, That's, like, that's the only other player, the only other coach, like, there's a couple other... Don Nelson and and Don Nelson when he was what Golden State I mean when was the last time he coached right and Phil are the only others who were like that most other people like there's just like way disproportionate credit given to the coach whether 
but usually like too good, right? Like Pat Riley, for example, it's like not actually that good. Right? Like if you measure them on that basis. Yeah. But some coaches are really bad, like George Carl, like absurdly bad. And uh, but then they like win coach of the year because they have this insane personnel or something. Like if Pop were coaching Denver last year, they would have just won the title. That team's way more talented than the Spurs. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, it depends on what you count, count that talent. Like, part of the talent is being able to, like... Do exactly what Popovich says. Well, just be able to, do, like, <laughs> to, to, to thrive within that system, to be able to subdue, to, to like, to, to stamp down your, your like, most in, self-indulgent NBA instincts. It's like, I thought it was weird when the Spurs took, like, Richard Jefferson or Steph, or Steph Jackson, right? Those guys are just, like, not... You don't think of them as, like, Spurs-ish players. Like, Richard Jefferson was, like, this, like, explosive net, you know? And then you know, Jackson's just, like, this freaking chucker. Right. Like, how do they get to be How do they get to be rotation players on the Spurs? Like, this started over Ginobili, too, right? Like, you identify... I mean, I imagine that they've, you've identified some trait in them that they... That you're like, well, if we can get them to do the A, X... Yeah. But then it takes them, like... Especially, I think, the... The Jefferson signing was like one of the. They said that was like one of the only mistakes uh, Buford's ever made, where like he actually like signed him for three million dollars or something, and couldn't get rid of him. And then like the Spurs are like so pickinurious, like they don't, they, they don't just like willy nilly amnesty somebody. Right, right, right. They spend every dollar fastidiously. They're like, oh, it's this stupid Richard Jefferson contract. So what do you what do you do for your sports itch now that basketball's over? Because you don't really follow any other sport, do you? Um. I've been watching a lot of World Cup games, I gotta Have tell you. you. Yeah. Did the U.S. win? I don't know. They were winning 1-0. Uh, uh, I watched three World Cup games this week. Is really? that a lot? Yeah. That seems like a lot. It seems infinite. It's three more than you watched, I assume. Yes. Uh, I watched... I, 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 I have to admit... I actually like, went somewhere and watched them on the big screen, yeah. if you, uh, you believe that. So I watched uh, France against... Um, Honduras yesterday on the big screen, or the hyenas, as Bella calls them. She's <laughs> like, the hyenas got their butt kicked. You know? uh, yeah, my, my son, Clark, is like this huge um, soccer fan. It's like he like owns soccer jerseys and stuff, so we went. And then we, uh, we watched... Um, what does FT mean? What? Where? What's the, what's the context? The score of the game. Uh, come on. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know anything about soccer. I just okay. watched it. It says USA 2, Ghana 1, FT. Is that some sort of... I don't know. Football time. Football time? I don't know. Free time? Is that like the bonus I really, time? I don't know. Okay. I don't know anything about the sport other than I watched a few games. Then I watched uh, I watched Germany-Portugal today. Germany won, right? I guess so. Um, uh... I didn't watch all of it, obviously. It was. Yeah, it looks like FT hours. means end of regular time. Okay. And then there's a couple of minutes of uh, clock still left to be used up. Sort of weird. I assume people who run soccer and uh, like soccer statistics understand it better than I do. You think so? I, I assume so, yeah. You think like, people with some advanced learning in the game understand it better than you do as a casual fan. I mean, I'm not even a casual fan. Like, I've, <laughs> I, I've sat through maybe lifetime, you know, one Three games, one game, like from start to finish. So, uh, yeah, I was talking to Teddy Cargame about sport. It, it seems weird to me. Like, um, you know, like they give up possessions so much. They seem like, like they seem so out of control with uh, 
ball control and stuff. And I was like talking to like a big soccer fan today, and she, and she's like, no, no, they measure percentage of possession. And I'm like, yeah, but there's the thing that I don't get about soccer is there's no causation between um, between like what you would think of as touch points in basketball. And, or at the very least, the correlations are so much looser than they are in basketball. Like in basketball, having lots of, having lots of, you know, turnovers, which like people turn the ball over and talk, it's like, that's poison to you, right? Like you just keep giving the opponent sh- uh, scoring yeah. opportunities. But, you know, somebody like gets anywhere near the goal and then like kicks it 20 feet wide. You know, like Brazilian commentators are like screaming, he's like, and he missed! You know? You're, 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 anyway, what, what am I doing for my sports? Uh, I could watch... I'm not really that into watching fighting anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe watch volleyball. I used to be... I mean, summer I used to watch a lot of volleyball. Right, I remember But that. I mean, like, Missy and Carrie are like... I mean, at least Missy's retired. I don't even know what Carrie's doing. I think she's playing with... Uh, with... Uh, what's her name? That tall girl. That'll do. I don't know. She's tall. Let's see. Uh... I can watch fighting. Yeah. You know, maybe end up playing some Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Instead. What about the... What are you watching this, this, summer, this summer? Baseball? You love I baseball? Watch, I love baseball. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm three. I watch baseball, but you, basketball, and football pretty avidly. Yeah, I really only watch basketball. Yeah. I, I actually got pulled in a little bit to hockey in time for the Rangers to lose. Is that over Cup. now? Yeah, it's over. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> they lose. Sorry for that. That's all right. Um, uh, so what, what about the Game of Thrones finale? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I mean, here's the thing. Just tune off. We're an hour, so exactly an hour in. Is this the point of no return? It's like, is it, we go, so we say, like, spoilers, spoilers, and then we go to, like, a relevant topic. Just, we no, say we, we can push can't, this off. We can't come but back. But once we no, pass no, no, this no, no, line. No, we can't, we can't all right, come back. So it's a minute 55, so a minute one in. Okay, we're in stuff. This minute one, this is the point of no return. Yeah. Just nonsense from right. here we're on out. We're talking about Game of Thrones, and then I'm Not- going to talk about my modern deck that can never lose. Okay. <laughs> so you have to stick around for Brian's modern deck that can never lose, probably win the next 15 PTQs. Are there 15 PTQs this weekend? I'm just going to win them all. Um, but, you know, you have to get through the Game of Thrones part first. Here be spoilers. Ready? Yeah. Go. So what the fuck, Jojen Reed? The episode was just... What the fuck, Jojen Reed? He's still alive in the books, which yeah. take place two books after these events. Yeah, they've they've definitely steered off road on a, on a number of story. Points. You know what Laniel D says? What he says? He said a controversial thing to me, and I thought about it for a second. I think he's right. The TV show is canon now. Fuck the books. The show is canon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I know multiple people have talked about the idea that like they hate 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 the Brienne of Tarth segments on the in the books yeah and everyone I think universally loves the Brienne of Tarth segments on the show I was saying like you know people are saying how much they like the season and then I facetiously said on like Facebook like uh, you know have fun with the Brienne of Tarth pod show next year. Because, you know, book four is just nothing but Brienne of Tarth wandering around right, the right, Riverlands, right. right? Yeah, but they, they've clearly... Yeah, but, like, my wife is like, I love Brienne of Tarth. I don't know what you're talking about. And, um... She's much she's much better on the show than she is in the book. She's exactly the same. But she's much... But because she... Because there's some actress animating her and putting putting some real emotion into her... I think pod is way better. 
Pod is like, I don't even think about him in the books. He's like in a lot of scenes, but he's actually an interesting character on the is TV. Is he really? Like I when can't, he when he pleasures those three whores. Uh, yeah, I can't. I don't, you I don't can, like Pod? I don't care for Pod at all. He's like, I think he like he's Pod is like trying to be a knight or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I have no I have no time for Pod. Much like modern, I have no time for Pod. So you don't like Pod? Um, what uh, What do you think about the Tyrion segment where he doesn't hate Jamie? He loves Jamie instead of hating Jamie. Sure. I think it's better. I do too. I do too. I mean, they've obviously, I mean, they've obviously veered, like, just looking at Tyrion and his the Victor Von Doom scar. Well, still having a nose. <laughs> right, right, having a right, nose, right, right, right. You know. Right, it's so, like, they're just basically saying that like Gregor Clegane is going to be like alive, right? Instead, of, I guess in the so. book he's beheaded, and like maybe animated into like Iron Man, and maybe not. Right, right? we don't know. Right, right. But I think that they're just going to confirm that he's like what? some sort of just bigger Gregor Clegane. Were you surprised by lack of Lady Stoneheart? I was. Me and me and some ladies I know has all been talking about it for weeks. I thought it was going to be the last scene. That's what I I, w- I was positive. And she's that busy was on Twenty Four. Yeah, oh, you watch Twenty Four. I have I have it recorded. I have not watched. You a long time fan of Twenty Four. I like Twenty Four. I love it. I liked it. I liked it. What alignment do you think that um, that Jack Bauer is? I, I... Think about that for a few minutes while we talk about more Game of Thrones. Nonsense. Okay. Um, I would have liked to see. You know, John crowned. I thought that that was right. going to be something that was going to happen. I have probably haven't like the first episode back. I thought Arya was just like so coldly depicted in that last scene with Sandra yeah. Clegane. I think that they really depicted Sandra Clegane as actually caring about her, though. No, I, I really. I, I, I like, think they left it open to interpretation. I feel like he would have. I. He's, I, I mean, I he was just I like, trust, I'm protecting I trust her. her. I didn't trust her. He, but he trust was literally her. like, I'm protecting her, okay? And right. he didn't want but, somebody but who had a Lannister his, but sword. But investment. I don't know. He took care of Sansa. In the book, too, you know? Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, I think that character is... First of all, I think he's going to live because... No way. You, yes. Yes way. No way. Yes way. He's alive. That would be the... That would be like the... Worst veering from... Like just the philosophy of the books, like you don't. Pretty sure he's still alive in the books. I understand that, but I'm saying is the philosophy of the books. Like you don't leave someone to die, and then that's like really because yeah. that's happened to his brother, and then idiot who tried to kill him got killed. Okay, uh, I think I think he's still alive in the books. It's unconfirmed, obviously. Okay, but, um, I think a lot of people are still alive in the books that people think are dead. I think I think Serio uh, Farrell's still alive. Okay. Um, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know. Martin might have forgotten some of these characters. Yeah. So many <laughs> damn characters that we never, we never find out. Did you read the short story that uh, got published? Well, I read the Arya chapter, if that's what you're asking. No, well, he has, he has there's some book, some anthology came out. It's a short story that ties to the Game of Thrones universe. I've read a lot of his, like, Dunkin' Egg stuff. Yeah. He's an asshole. The TV show's going to be over before the books are over, right? I think that that's pretty much a given. Right, we're going to have season, season four will be... Up through uh, the Dragon's book. But I'm saying, but season four, I don't think we're going to have the next book out yet. Really? But there's like, we just saw season four, didn't we? Even no, season, season five. Three. This was season three. No, season four. 
Are you sure? No. Yeah. Red Wedding was last season, brother. Yeah, and it was... First season, Ned Stark beheaded. Second right. season, Blackwater. Third oh. season, Red oh, Wedding. Season? This is the fourth season. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you. Season four will be done before the next book. Yeah, yeah. But now... So, so season five might come out with the book. Season five might come out with the next book, around the next book. But, I mean, he's still a year away from that book being published. I'm sure he has enough to publish the book now. He's just an asshole. You know I mean, he needs? He needs R.L. Stein to get in there and an fix it up. I mean, I mean you know... I, I, it I, depends I, what you think an asshole is, correct. right? I mean, Who's I, he writing for, him or me? Him. You think he's writing for him? I think he's writing for him. I think writers who write for themselves are pretty much assholes. Those, those are the best ones. No. Yes, it's no. the best. Really? Because, okay, I'll grant you that in some cases the, that the, might the, be true, but they're also... By definitely the worst. The, the, the worst writers are the ones who write for themselves. If you pick the worst, if you said this is a really horrible writer, he's writing for himself. Okay. Yeah, I, I, but the be- to me, the fiction that I love in general is something that is a product, very much that has germinated inside the writer's brain, and he, de- he or she desperately wants to get out, and not something that is done in fan service. I think there's a lot of stuff that's done in fan service that's very good. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's fine. We live in a fan service era. It's just less interesting. I think that... Uh, All right. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you have to pick, which is a better book? Any one of the Mistborn trilogy or Alloy of Law? Any one of the Mistborn trilogy. See, I, lo- I like Alloy of Law more. I know you do, but like, it's it's not wrong, right? Like, like you could like whichever one you like right. better. But, but like, Alloy of Law is so rough compared to the Mistborn trilogy. Right, which stuff. is what I. But, I, but the fact the fact is, he Brandon, didn't. I know you. Listen, I'm not making fun of it. I love all of your books I've read. <laughs> I'm just saying I like the Mistborn trilogy better. He he wrote that book as very much like he had an itch. He's like, I just need. He's like, I need to. It was do his some- palate cleanser. Right, That's fine. Exactly. But he's like a remarkable writer, sure. you know. Like his his shit is still better than everything else. Right, but it's not his shit. To me, that was like the stuff that was, for me, that was like him getting off of his very script. Like I, I feel like sometimes my one criticism of Brandon Sanderson that he can be overly orchestrated. Like he he you know he he's too precise in places, and I, I like the fact that this book was messy. I liked, I liked the climax of Steelheart quite a bit. Yeah. And then, um, uh, but it wasn't one of my favorite books of his. Yeah. Do you like Warbreaker the best? Have you not read, read that one? I don't think that's I've the read. first one I read. It's Warbreaker. It's the one about magical colors. So, like, oh, the no, magical no, no, system the book, is. That's the book you were telling me about yeah. originally to it's read. The first one I read, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it was. Like, oh, tell me about it. I'll read it. So, no, I'll just tell you the backstory. It's hilarious, You're right? You're going to tell me too much. No, no. I'm not going to say anything about the plot. All right. Listen, so you just you like, tell me if Mike tells me too much. You're just saying, like, Oh, so he says to the publisher, I'm just going to put it for free as a PDF on my website. You can go download it as a PDF on his website. And, I, and they're like, are going to offer your book for free on your website? Won't that affect book sales? He's like, you mean like libraries? That was his answer. And he just put it up for free. And it, I mean, it sold plenty, you know? It was like the Sci-Fi Channel book of the year that year. Um, yeah, so th- that's when I was just like, oh, that's an interesting magical system that he had. Then I read like, Miss Born Trilogy, I'm like, oh, his shtick is he does interesting magical systems. Right. Um, let me think. Uh, like, do you think, like, Wheel of Time or something was written? I've never read Wheel of Time. 
The first few are very engaging. I understand. Then I'm at, I've been on the fifth one for three years. I, I you maybe know, maybe longer. I, uh, I said. But they're LSV's favorite. I know. I said, here's what's gonna happen. I said, I'm not gonna read Wheel of Time. I'm not. This is like, this is you know neutral ground days. This yeah. is early 2000s. I'm not reading Wheel of Time. I'm not gonna get sucked into this. I'm gonna go read Game of Thrones. And I read Game of Thrones. Um, Wheel of Time's good. I mean, the first few that I read. Sure. Been stuck on this one for more than more than three years. I, I, gen- I generally don't want to read a book series that goes like ten issues without having any conclusions in the middle. Like I'll read ten books in a crime series where it's like ten individual stories featuring the same character. I mean, I ripped through the Butcher book that just came out. The umpteenth you Harry read, Dresden book. Have you I thought read, it was the best have one. Have you read uh, the Collector series by Christopher Holm? I have not. You should read all three of those. Yeah. You'll really like them. They're in the same vein as the Dresden books in the sense of it's hard-boiled fiction and supernatural. Yeah. But it leans a little heavier on the hard-boiled. And, uh, but they're great. I think you'll love them. Uh, the first one is called... Um, actually, they're all like parodies of famous. So it's like The Big Reap. Uh, I don't remember them all. Just read. Just get Chris Holm. H-O-L-M. Just Twitter me the thing. Yeah. You know that's the only way that I'll remember okay. it. So, uh, he follows me. He often. Really? Yeah, I started talking to him on Twitter. And he's just, I don't, he's not a magic guy either. I was like. I, I commented about a movie at Movie Club and the director started following me. Really? Yeah, I was just like, this is weird. What so movie? I, was, I don't remember anymore. What it's director? A, I don't remember her name. It's the one, it's a, it was like a Nerdist movie. And it was like, uh, Zero Charisma. Uh, so then I was just like, you probably have more followers than she does. Yeah. yeah so that's what I was. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, John, this lady just tweeted at us. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, should I just be like, I have more followers than you. And then I asked that my wife, that day, she's like, no, that would be like the asshole thing you could possibly do. She's like nicely talking to you, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I know, but it would have been funny. <laughs> but I didn't do that. That's yeah. just an asshole thing to do. Um, so, uh, let's talk about Game of Thrones some more. So, this little kid has fire magic. Why are they running away from the skeletons instead of trying to save Jojen? Because he was already dead. He wasn't already dead. Mira no, she killed him. She killed him, yeah. Yeah, because she told her to. Yeah, but she didn't know. She didn't know about the Apparently fire she could hurl fire. Maybe she can only maybe she only and had a limited like, amount. Of no, fire. she's like Star Wars, she doesn't miss. Like <laughs> you know like in Star Wars the good guys always hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad guys are always terrible shots. Like every time she throws an acorn or whatever, man, there's an exploding zombie. Yeah. Are those like the same guys that attack the wall? Is that who those those zombies? I don't. Are, are you a White Walkers? I don't know. I don't know. I, it wasn't clear to me. I think that they were uh, Ray Harryhausen villains from some like stop motion animation film from the 1950s. Yeah, well, she could throw fire. Yeah, I. Yeah, I could tell that was a little bit funny. I think my my wife has really gotten into Game of Thrones. She's avid, but I could tell that that scene with the little. Like where it gets like anytime the magic gets too too magical too pronounced, yeah. you can tell she's like, mm. not what I signed up for. Yeah, she's like, I'll buy dragons. But. That's how I kind of how I feel about it. I like Melisandre. I like her level of magic. Sure. But you you don't know if she's bullshitting or not. Well, I guess you do know she's not bullshitting. Her That's vagina right. spits out <laughs> demon <laughs> assassins. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Oh, you yeah. forgot about Melisandre's magical yeah. vagina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Have I reminded you? You have, you have. You have, thank you. Spoilers. Um, spoilers for Vagina's Magical. 
Right. Uh, and not in a good way. No, no. It depends on what side you're on. I guess so. Depends on whether or not you have royal blood. <laughs> Let's see. Um, what other shows are you looking at? I've been Is watching Hannibal done for the year? Hannibal's done for the year. Uh, maybe I'll catch up on all of them. You should. Hannibal's by the next time we talk, maybe. I think your wife... You, did your wife like... She didn't like it. She didn't like it? Yeah, she, she's like in this mode where she just wants to watch like funny slash pleasant things. Okay. Tell her that the director thinks it's a dark comedy. Really? Yeah. Is that what he does? Yeah. Uh, no, the, the show Orphan Black is a show I really enjoy. Yeah, I like that one. Did you watch... Have you been following it this season? Or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not caught up. I'm like maybe three or four episodes into the season. How are they? Like six or seven episodes into the Next week's the season finale. So like ten episodes in. Yeah. So I can catch up all of them yeah, yeah. in a few days. Yeah. So you told me the guy from Suits just like barned his way on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Suits. Yeah, Suits is back. I'll watch Suits. I like Suits a lot. Uh, let's see. Uh, you, you liked Halt and Catch Fire? I only watched the first episode. I have two more episodes taped. Same. I'm in the taped. exact same spot. Taped. Oh, so I finally watched that season finale of Americans. Oh, and? So what did you want to say? You're like, oh, what about that finale? I, what, what was so remarkable about it? I'm, I, I'm honestly asking you. It's like Pakula put this thing on the list, and I was just like, I'm not. He's like really angry about something or upset, and I'm, I wasn't sure which direction he was going with it. With the Americans? No, 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 no. This thing he just put up last week about like feminism. Oh, I don't. Even know. You didn't read this post. No, I didn't. Right, so anyway, but Americans, what did you? Well, you were like, oh, what about the finale? What were you? What were you trying I to say? It, I just thought it was terrific. It's a good show. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, like it was just like an yeah. Americans episode, though. It's like not. Uh, I mean, the, the idea that suddenly their kids might be. Yoinked in. I thought that the episode where like she's just like ravage me like you do the other girl, and then like he how he quickly deals with her. I that was the most shocking thing I've ever seen. Especially her reaction. I was just like, whoa. I, I think in general the idea. I mean, basically this is a show about the bad guys. Are they the bad? They don't well, see themselves that way. Obviously they don't. But when, when certainly when I was growing up. Yeah, the Ruskies were the, the, the great were the, red The bad threat. guys, right? This was, you know, that's my, that's my, the years that this show is taking place, I'm like, you know, walking around looking up at the sky for the missiles. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. All the pictures that I drew when I was a kid about, like, my magical robots or whatever that I'm flying, they were shooting at tanks that had the words USSR printed <laughs> on the side and all those pictures. I remember writing that. Yeah. That's who the enemy is. But they could never beat my mind, like... My your, plane is your made mind of, robots. My my plane is made of aluminum and wood. <laughs> I mean wood? That makes it light. <laughs> and I like draw like the control panel and be like, this button shoots rockets. <laughs> oh man. I was so creative as a child. What yeah, happened? Yeah, I don't know. It was wood and aluminum. You know, I was talking about like carbon nanotubes with my kids yesterday. We were like talking about like diamond configurations and stuff man we have way better materials than we had in my imagination wooden, as a, wooden aluminum my wooden aluminum ship like, what, yeah. what are carbon nanotubes so you know what carbon is right yeah. so we were talking they play minecraft right yeah so they're like what about a diamond shield we we're talking about like if you have like an iron shield or whatever we're actually talking about like you know prior to the iron age you might have a civilization who the, the shields that they had were wicker, right? You have a wicker shield. I'm like, well, that's terrible, right? Well, it's terrible if you're fighting against iron swords. But if your opponent's fighting you with a with a bow, like not like an English longbow, yeah. but like however good of a bow they had in like 600 BC or whatever, a wicker shield's probably going to stop that arrow, or like right? A Tyrian crossbow. No, a Tyrian crossbow would tear right through a wicker <laughs> shield. A Tyrian. So I was actually actually Clark or Bell said the same thing. What about a crossbow? I'm like, well, a crossbow would tear right through, you know. 
a medieval age metal shield, yeah. right? A metal shield, or even. I think, I think it'll go through a Kevlar fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a crossbow like, will will rip right through. I mean, you know, the kind that the Tyrion had, like a a winch crossbow. Yeah. Like a like a Sun Tzu era crossbow from China would not. But they, they uh, Sun Tzu crossbows from like whatever it was, fifteen hundred BC or something. They had like these rapid fire machine gun crossbows. Like you would like literally pump action; it would spit arrows out. They didn't have insane range or anything, and they also didn't have great penetrating power. But they were poison. <laughs> I'm like, what the, the Europeans never figured out to put poison on the end of their stuff. I'm like, that's low. That's that's uh, yeah. that's uh, dishonorable. But I guess Sun Tzu won a lot of yeah. a lot of fights. We we still remember him. Yeah. So yeah, and I was like, no. Uh, so it was interesting. I'm like. Well, I don't think you could actually get it. Even if you could get a diamond that was big enough to make a shield out of, I think it would be quite heavy. I was like, so and anyway, so, so you make a diamond. It's actually likely you're just gluing together a whole bunch of diamonds, in which case the strength of the shield is not the diamond. It's the glue, right? Like, oh, yeah, it'd be terrible. So it's supposed to be heavy. And I was like, but, you know, what is diamond? Diamond's actually just compressed carbon. Right. You know, like, and, you know, we, you know, there's, like, theoretical carbon lattices that are, like, a micron thick that you can put an elephant balancing on a needle on and it won't penetrate it. They're so strong and they're very light. Um, so carbon, you can you can line up this way. There's like all kinds of, um, you know, carbon polymer, uh, not polymer, sorry, uh, carbon materials like uh, Batman's uniform is supposed to be made it's, it's very protective and not heavy and doesn't set off metal detectors. But they're, they're you know, they're, uh, they're line. Uh, also, uh, uh, incorporation of um, watered steel, sort you know, from like Neil Stevenson books, yeah, yeah. like you know, uh, Damascus steel is actually incorporates lining up carbon and using in yeah. in, uh, in, uh, in the manufacture of the steel that actually makes it makes it such high quality in terms of its um, uh, strength to heaviness ratio, etc. I'm sure that was really fascinating compared to say like oh, we could just say boobs a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, so what was the what was the verdict on Jack Bauer? Lawful evil. I think lawful good. Okay. He's like utterly selfless. I think like in the I think in the uh, in the cut off some guy's head early on in the show. In the Matrix of in the Matrix of Dungeons and Dragons, right? Law chaos is not is not difficult to uh, not difficult to to determine, right? But I think good evil is just like selfish versus selfless. I think that that's okay. how it's generally done. And I think he's just lawful good. He's, like, so self-sacrificing. He's just will. He understands where the line is, okay? Sure. He just acts a certain way to get certain results. And he's, like, in some cases, he's remorseful. In some cases, he's, like, no, this is the thing that's required to save the most people. The, the, the law-chaos dichotomy is, like, individuality versus, versus group. And he always chooses group, sure. right? So, he like, even if he has to exact an insane cost for something, he'll do it to stop a nuclear missile from hitting a city, okay? Like... Like, no matter how terrible this thing is. And he's he's the most selfless character I think I've ever seen in fiction. His 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 level of personal commitment and sacrifice, like, his own, like, ruin of his own life uh, over the course of, like, nine seasons of the show, it's like there's no arc on television like this. He goes from being, like, a happy family man to being hunted by his own government repeatedly for things like saving the president, you know, like... And like all, he's like three or four different presidents have him on speed dial, and they all all know who he is. And yet they're allowing him to be hunted by the Chinese, by the Russians, etc., for just literally saving millions of people yeah. at a time. And he's just like he just takes it, he never asks for a certain thing. He's just I think wholly lawful good. 
But I, but I actually, so this is the argument I had with, uh, I think, my sister about this. I'm like, you know, I, I took one of these BuzzFeed tests or whatever. It said I was lawful evil. And the people in my cohort are like Cersei Lannister. Or I'm like, well, I don't mind that except for I think she's like lawful stupid. <laughs> but, I, but the thing is like, I don't mind that. I think that lawful evil people probably do more good and preserve more, do more good and prevent more suffering than chaotic good or neutral good people. Right? They're like, oh, I'm going to go help this individual. And like, at what cost, right? Like, there's like all these situations where like Lex Luthor will do something and step in and be like, it's the right thing to do. And in terms of like helping the planet and everything. And Spider-Man would have never made that decision. You know, like he would have just let the city burn because he's like saving a cat or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Look, man. The BuzzFeed test said what the BuzzFeed test says. What alignment are you in the BuzzFeed test? I don't take BuzzFeed. I'm the... My alignment is doesn't take BuzzFeed tests. I do not believe you for a second that you don't take BuzzFeed tests. What if you took a BuzzFeed test like, is that girl who walked by the hottest one who's walked by since we've been here? I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that test. Just decide for yourself. Yeah. And just <laughs> chaotic make, neutral. Make a decision. My wife is chaotic neutral. I'm like, this, she's like, her peer group is like Aladdin. I'm like, I'm like... Misfits. And Bella's like lawful good. Yeah. She'll learn. I'm probably chaotic something. Chaotic. I bet you're chaotic neutral. That's what Catherine got. Was it? Catherine got chaotic neutral. Yeah. I think that's like pretty, pretty reasonable. That's how it's about. Sounds about right. So, anyway. What alignment are you? Do you think we should title this What Alignment Are You or. I have the best I have the best idea. Sure. I, I, what if we can we make this viral like that? LeBron should go to the Spurs. Like we just put set, set it here first. LeBron, you, you could try. Yeah. Share this shit, Canada. Share it. Go go. Share. You should do that anyway. Okay? You should you should tweet this at, at just tweet Bayless. Tweet the hell happens. out of this. You're like, yo, this podcast said that LeBron should go to SAS and like. Ship it to Stephen A. Smith. Ship it to, to whoever at Box there's, Score Geeks. There's no, there's, there's no, there's, I'm telling Why? you. Why? There's, you have no good reason other than legacy. What if his legacy is, hey, I learned that to, to be the best person that I could be, I had to sublimate my ego and learn how to play in a perfect team system. Isn't that the greatest legacy that someone ever, could ever come up with? What's the one where they're always saying about San Antonio over and over and over again? Humility, right? Right. But, but he could be that person, and he would cement an insane legacy of like ten titles. So, doing so this. the problem, he'd I be think, a ten-time NBA champion. Problem, I think the problem LeBron is Hero. seeing though is that ten-time NBA champion. He'd, he'd win a few. The problem that LeBron is seeing is that he's playing with an older team that doesn't have a very deep bench because they spent a lot of money on the court. Yeah, I think you put him on a team like Washington, or you put him on a team like Cleveland that's young and deep. That's going to have three other All-Stars. If it's Cleveland, it's going to have three other All-Stars on it next year, right? Maybe, or maybe it doesn't. So the real question is, do the Cavs ship their number one to get Kevin Love for a year? But the thing is, like, if they ship their number one, trick Love into signing a multi-year, they're definitely going to get LeBron. And then their core is LeBron, Love, and Kyrie. And Kyrie, which, is, is it, which on paper is a team that I think would still lose to San Antonio. Right. I think it's really... It's, they could still go to Los Angeles, too. But why? They pay Kobe Bryant twenty-seven million dollars. Yeah. Would you ever? Would you ever go on a team that was stupid enough to pay Kobe Bryant that much money at this stage in his career? He didn't play last year. I know. They said, "Well, Kobe deserves to be the, the top 
top paid player in the NBA. Why he didn't yeah, play? Yeah, I, I, what's so interesting, I, I can't imagine that was their justification. The players, he deserves the, the it. The players' association must hate Tim Duncan. They must hate Tim Duncan because I mean, how much money has Tim Duncan left on the, the table in the last five years? But none of them care, right? I mean, they certainly. I mean, certainly the players. He certainly hurts. So the as far man as who gets paid seven million dollars, okay. Manu Ginobili, for the preponderance saying, of the last I'm decade, the, the was team. a better shooting guard than 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 Kobe Bryant. I'm just saying the players' union takes seven million dollars. The players' union has to hate when top ranked, top talented, most talented players are getting mid level dollars. It just doesn't make sense. Really, right? I mean, what do they have? Is it 15 consecutive? 50 win seasons something like that they I think it's 15 consecutive 50 win seasons 50 and they right. won they and won the a found, title and the foundation for that is getting your superstars to take below superstar money they won a title one out of every three years <laughs> that's, that's absurd I understand one out of every three I'm not, years I'm not arguing any of that I'm just arguing that that Dynamic is a nightmare for the Players Association. There's so many beautiful women here. Yeah, there it's, are. it's absurd. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's as absurd as Manu Ginobili getting paid $7 million. Yes, exactly. What do they pay Kawhi? Like $300,000? Oh, yeah. He's not like nothing. Like so nothing. Do you want to go to Big Gay Ice Cream? Where is it? Over there. Yeah. The ice cream is big and gay. Yeah. Of course I do. Um... So we're gonna go get big gay ice cream. Um, so what do you guys think, Tim Duncan, LeBron? So here's the here's our starting lineup: center, Tim Duncan, power forward, LeBron James, small forward, Kawhi Leonard, shooting guard. Oh, I'd say, was it? You know, do you want LeBron at power and yeah, Kawhi at small? That's what you want. We can play Kawhi at shooting guard. He played sure. shooting guard his rookie year. He was a shooting guard. Right. Um, but then who do you play as your forwards? You can also, you can actually also, whatever situation that is, play. I crash. You can just play Duncan off the bench. Well, I mean, they have to play a center, right? They could just play sure. splitter. But sure. yeah, so I think it's probably like. I think Boris Dio needs to. <laughs> I played insane. So I think you go, Duncan, LeBron at power forward, Kawhi, you know, Danny Green Parker. They're so deep at shooting guard. It's. Yeah. Bellinelli's their third string shooting guard. Patty Mills, though. That guy who's unreal. I, is it just they just didn't bother to guard him? Like when I mean, they I mean, I mean, I don't I mean, the thing is, like, once you were once you were like the Heat were deep off their bench and the Spurs were deep off their bench, the Spurs deep off their bench was was not very far off from their starters. And the heat from their from their off their bench, it was just a plummet, <laughs> right? Well, the other thing is like Birdman played so bad. Yeah, he's like their second best oh, player. I mean, their starters play. I mean, Wade played terribly. It was just it was I just a bad. Allen played well the first couple of games, and then he just fizzled out. But Bosch is just unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it was a fun series for me to watch. But, you know, a year ago I called up I called up Paul Jordan after Game 6 and Game 7, and I'm like, what's it like 
having a life where you're just validated by your sports team has it made. Is he a Heat fan? No, he's. I was like, I was like, what's the most important thing in your life? He's like, he's like, uh, he's like family. I'm like, what's really the most important thing in your life? He's like, he's like Yankees. He's like Yankees are magic, but I'm not sure. I'm like, but I I, I would have put Yankees, you know, this way. Um, And he's like. It's like, it's really good, but it's not so good it's, you know, transforming your life. Because, I don't know, I've just had nothing but anguish my whole life. But then now, you know, the team that I really love in my head won. It's not, my life didn't change that much. It was just, you know, feels good. But instead of feeling ire for LeBron, like, you know, I always like, oh, he's so evil or whatever. I'm actually like, I think it'd be really cool if he went to the Spurs. <laughs> That's actually the thought that I had. Isn't that growth on my part? What's the, what's the most... What is this? Holy donuts? You don't want a low-fat donut. No. It's over there. It's right there. Alright. Um, this has been Brian and Mike. Top okay, Magic. We're going to go get big ice cream. Bye.